When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams. Niche nonsense. Or surprisingly brilliant. You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish football podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. Incredibly, the 13th season, the 13th season, probably unlucky for us, of the Spurs show. <laughs> Welcome back from all of you that maybe have been away, haven't been anywhere, still in lockdown, depending where you live. Thanks to joining us again. Uh, tonight we're doing a kind of update show uh, because we haven't done a show proper in a while. We've been doing lots of special shows. Last week we did a great show with Michael Mackman, uh, Bobby Buckle's grandson. Uh, well worth listening to that show. Uh, but delighted to uh, kick off this preseason with my co-host, Theo Delaney. How are you, Theo? I'm good. Good, Mike. 13 years. Wow. Yeah, we started... Two th- well, when, it, when was Yol there? 2007, wasn't it? He started. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 2007, right. yeah, yeah. 2007. Yeah, 2000, yeah, 2000, yeah. No, definitely 2007, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. So there are 13 years of this tawdry nonsense uh there we go also joining us a man who's been on the show for many many years and will always it's a beautiful thing for him always be associated now with certain wonderful tottenham goals because for many years he's worked at the club one of the commentators there daniel win returns how are you daniel i'm great thanks mike how are you doing i'm good thanks thank you so much for coming back on we did um during the lockdown one of the shows we did was greatest spurs goals and it's lovely that your dulcet tones are now part of certain of these iconic moments, aren't they? 
it's not for me to say, but um, I've been, I've, been lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been lucky in what I've done, and um, certainly seen some great times and some pretty poor ones as well. But um, yeah, I'm I'm just really lucky and looking forward to the new season as well. And uh, yeah, plenty to be optimistic about as ever. Yeah, I think the one that you're probably I think this out of sort of more of the modern goals is probably because it certainly was in our top five was probably the Harry Kane goal against Arsenal. Was that one of your favourite sort of sound (laughs) bites commentary? Yeah, absolutely. The oh yes, oh yes one, that one. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, that was a great moment because I think it was just after we went, uh, after we equalised and then I think we went top Mm. of the table or or just ahead of them uh, for a brief moment and um, it was all encapsulated in that one moment and I think that's when the fan came out in me and got a bit carried away, but yeah, all good. (laughs) We say the fan. I mean, who else apart from Spurs fans watching these? Do you get opposition fans tuning in? No, but I mean, you know, not every commentator <laughs> is a Spurs fan, right? So, uh, you know, if you watch it on Sky, there's not many Spurs fans on Sky, are there? That's for sure. So, no, absolutely, it it, it it definitely came out that time, and uh, yeah. Mm. Well, talk about talk about Uber fans. Uh, this next man's been on the show as well. Uh, the stand-up and wonderful author of the book. If you haven't got it yet, you must be in that number, looking at all the Spurs supporters clubs around the world. Carl Jones returns. How are you, Carl? I'm very well, thank you, Mike. Pleasure to be back on. It's uh, how's the book been going? Being that number since you since you were last on. Well, I've got to tell you that the power of the Spurs show that when I was last on for a brief period, oh. I went above um, Jimmy Greaves and Peter Crouch <laughs> in the book charts on Amazon, which was which was quite surreal. As a as a, as a youngster, wow. I dreamed of going above Jimmy Greaves in the Tottenham charts, and uh, and thanks to the Spurs show, it happened for uh, for for a, for a day or two. So thank well, you very nice. much for that. Well, <laughs> very very nice. I'm glad lots of people went out there and bought. Bought it, and if they haven't, go and get it. It's, it's a really, really great book, encapsulating really that season, our Champions League season, which is quite apt because I'm sure. Uh, Theo, did you watch the game last night? The uh, I did Champions League final. I take I it you were supporting Bayern like myself. Oh, do you know what? I was absolutely uh, completely neutral actually, mm. uh, but I did think the better team won. And yeah. I, I found it an absolutely gripping game. There was a lot of talk and the commentators saying, oh, they've let us down. There's no goal, especially at half time. But I, I don't I don't think you need a load of goals to, to watch to, for a match to be gripping. I found it very gripping. I agree. I mean, Daniel, I don't know if, did you watch the game last night? I didn't, but there's a great stat that came out of it. Um, you know, obviously the Champions League's over as far as I'm concerned this season. But there's a great stat that came out of it. I think nobody has scored more goals against Bayern Munich in the Champions League in the last two seasons than Tottenham Hotspur. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> small comfort, small comfort, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, Carl, I, mean, I watched the game and, you know, I think it was near the end of the first half. Steve McManaman, um, he might be a lovely guy, but I, I, I really find it difficult to listen to him for many years. You would have thought one of those sort of expert, I don't, I don't know what the actual role is, co-commentators, sorry. Yeah. You think after all these years, they would have kind of improved. But some <laughs> of the stuff he comes out with, and it was near the end of the first half, he went, oh, finally, the, guy, the, the game's come alive. The game was really good before that. Yeah. You know, what, what did you think of it? 
Yeah, well, I, I think with Steve McManaman, I mean, if you uh, if you play the Steve McManaman drinking game and have a shot every time he says the word Fletch, you have to have your stomach pumped. That's normally what happens with Steve McManaman. And he's, uh, yeah, I, I think he's sort of, um, it, it's kind of that, I think based on his career, because he was a fantastic player, but obviously yes, that doesn't make a great pundit. And uh, and and I think he's there on the strength of that. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the match. I thought it was a, it was a gripping game. Um, as, as Theo says, I don't think you need lots of goals for it to to be a gripping match. Two really really good sides, but Bayern look a look a cut above. As you, I mean, you know, when you see what they did to Barcelona as well in the semi-finals, it's uh, you know it's they're, they're, they're a phenomenal side, and uh, you know it, it makes us feel a tiny little bit better about what happened uh, way yeah. back when when they when they came to the lane. Look, we, we we you know we're in last year's final, and this this season we went out to the winners. So you know, uh, and and in fairness for. 40 minutes of White Hart Lane, we were the better team, unfortunately, yeah. uh, in, in, yeah. in that game. And it's always nice, Theo, uh, the, the goal scorer was obviously uh, a youngster let go by PSG. It's nice that he has, you know, ended up at Bayern Munich. And he's, he's a great player, isn't he? Koeman, yeah. yeah. Koeman. Excellent. But he's been good for a while, hasn't he? Because he plays for France, doesn't he? I, mean, I was... Yeah. Um, uh, and that's another thing. They were being they were being very negative about him early on, saying he was lucky to be in the team because mm. Perisic had been dropped. And they got on his back, no, the commentators. Just there. Yeah. yeah, just dropped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, were, they got on his back early on. And I was thinking, bloody hell, give him a chance. And of course, he ended up being man of the match. I don't know if he was the official man of the match. He was certainly my man of the match. I thought he was great. He's a good player, yeah. But I mean, a, they'd let him go. But of course, Arsenal let Gnabry go as well, didn't they? That's right. I another, know. another European sort of, champion. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's no, always good incredible. to see. I know, absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's look at where Tottenham Hotspur are at the moment. Uh, kind of lots going on uh, since we last spoke, uh, Daniel. The first signing that sort of came through. I've been putting the most obvious sign in it that we've we've been sort of linked with him for for months was Pierre yeah. Emil Holbier. I think uh, that is the correct pronunciation. I think it's Holbier, isn't it? Holbier. Okay, yeah. fair enough. I was close. Um, and uh, I think he. I mean, you know, I watched the sort of Tottenham TV little interviews. He's sort of he's he's he's, he's talked a good game so far. And I believe against Ipswich, he looked pretty tidy, didn't he, in the preseason? Yeah, he did. I mean, that's the one position that we haven't really replaced over a number of years. You know, Moussa Dembele did a great job there. And, you know, we need someone to come in and just sort of marshal that midfield. You just sort of link everything together. And every time I've seen him play, he's impressed me. So, yeah, long, long may that continue. That, you know, that's an old cliche, and but um, it's absolutely true. He's always looked good. And um, hopefully there's a player in there for us. Yeah, I think so. Theo, what are your thoughts about him? Do you think he'll be a, a good purchase for us? Well, what I like about him, I, mean, I, I can't I can't claim to have been super aware of him when he was at Southampton, but I do know he became captain at Southampton. He was only stripped of that after he made it clear he wanted to go to a bigger club for, for, for reasons of ambition. Fair enough. But he came through the ranks at Bayern Munich. Mm. Uh, he's Danish, obviously, and he's extremely good as an interviewee, he's very articulate and he's very, very steely. There's an interview that someone put up on YouTube where, where Southampton lost and he came in front of the cameras and he was absolutely just not accepting of the defeat at all. He was very, very um, upset about the defeat and, you know, wasn't, wasn't wanting to make excuses. He was talking about what they needed to do. And I felt like he feels like personality wise, he feels like 
what what um, Daniel just said we need, which is someone to be in there and be the linchpin and be someone very, very strong. The question then is, has he got the uh, the ability, which is a completely different thing as well. And based on a match, admittedly, against Ipswich, he looked... He looked like he could be. I mean, you're loath to judge players on preseason friendlies. I once told someone with a straight face that Paul Staltieri was going to be the best right back we'd ever seen at Tottenham, <laughs> based, based on the preseason. But I like the I like the look of everything about him. I've just got a good feeling about him. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. And I mean, the other player that's come in, which again was well, this was. I mean, it, it makes me laugh on um, social media. Yeah, especially Twitter. I don't know if any of you guys follow these kind of in the you know in the know accounts, which yeah. are ninety nine point nine percent of them are utter rubbish. Yeah. Uh, but no one really uh, foresaw uh, the ex Man City goalkeeper Hearts coming in to effectively, I assume, uh, Carl jostle with Gazaninga for uh, being deputy uh, goalkeeper behind uh, Hugo Luis. No, I think it was a surprise. And I think, you know, Joe Hart, he has been a fantastic goalkeeper. In the last few years, he hasn't really covered himself in glory. And, and you wonder whether the player that he once was can still be re, refound. You know, 33 is is quite long in the tooth for football and maybe not that long in the tooth for a goalkeeper. So I guess we'll I guess we'll see. I mean, I might have this completely wrong. I'm sure I remember in his early days we were linked with him and and, and some rumour about him being a Spurs fan. That may be completely my imagination. But he seems to be really, really pleased to be at the club, as as well he might, after the sort of tour of places he's done over the past couple of seasons where it's not quite landed for him. So so yeah, I think I think it's a canny sign in. It's it's the kind of winner mentality that Mourinho seems to want in the dressing room same same really with Hoybier as you know I, I think they're both two canny signings and uh you know they're, they're not they're not the big names that you know we're, we're all we're all hoping we might get but um I think they're certainly good good squad additions mm, Daniel I mean, I mean Joe Hart obviously in his pomp a fantastic keeper England's national for a long long time I heard and again it might not be true I I heard a little while back it was a little big-headed, had a bit of an attitude problem, Billy Big Bollocks. But I think he's, as he said in interviews, he said that he's uh, looked at himself as a person uh, the last few years. He's probably had to because he's been on the bench at Burnley. Didn't even make the grade at West Ham. I mean, I'm in fairness, I could play in goal for West Ham. <laughs> um, so, um, but I think, I think um, we had that period when Hugo was injured last season that Gazaninga came in largely did well but i think from memory there's a few goals we all went oh is 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 our number two good enough i never thought vaughn was strong enough full stop for 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 tottenham i really don't but what do you think daniel do you think hart could you know rediscover that form of a few years back i do for sure absolutely and i think yeah, there's ball boys up and down the country who are going to be absolutely petrified. There's that famous clip when he had to go at the ball boy, was it at Wembley, was playing for England. And yes. uh, yeah, <laughs> give me the fucking ball or whatever it was that he said. Yes. But, uh, yes. yeah. So um, I think that's one uh, section of the football world that will be quite nervous. But no, definitely, he's here to make an impression. He's here, He's got something to prove as well. And then the sort of players that we need, we need players that want to prove themselves. And Hoiberg, or whatever his name is, <laughs> um, he, um, you know, he he fits that bill as well. They want to make an impression. They want to make a name for themselves after sort of, you know, leaving Bayern Munich, not, you know, doing well at Southampton, but to go up that level. And the same with Joe Hart as well. And uh, yeah. Mm. 
I mean, Theo, it, it's interesting that the first two signings of this sort of current window for Jose Mourinho are, we've already talked about Holbio there, but Joe Hart, a big winner, big personality, got a lot to prove. He's, he's you know, he's gone for two kind of experienced, I know uh, Holbio's only 24, but he's he's gone in for two experienced players that most Spurs fans who watched Tottenham last season knew we were kind of crying out for some more, more leaders on that pitch. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. And Mourinho, I mean, uh, 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 we often come back to that clip. We're about, it's going to be unleashed, isn't it? Um, the uh, All or Nothing documentary in, yes, I think, August next, the 31st. Which is, yeah. uh, which is Bank, Holiday, Bank Holiday yeah. Monday, week today, yeah. But, I mean, uh, we keep coming back to that uh, that great clip where he tells them, tells them all they've got to be all nasty, see you next Tuesdays. And I think he knows, like a lot of winning managers who've won things, and you hear it, you know, from professional footballers as well. It's not just about ability. It's about attitude and application mm. and, and the refusal to compromise and experience sometimes mm. as well. And all of those things, yeah, as you say, we, we, we've often lacked in the past. And suddenly last season felt like we were lacking it again. And so I agree with, I mean, I think you're starting to see what Mourinho is attempting to do. And he's he's going to try and turn us into what he's turned other teams into, which is a grizzled, hard, nasty, uncompromising results machine. And it's high risk, of course, because at Tottenham, we'll accept that if we win. But if we don't, he'll have no brownie points to go fall back on at all. Because we're going to be watching, you know, football that is entirely pragmatic. It better work. Otherwise, we'll want him out. Yeah, Carl, I mean, which, I mean, obviously the right back position has been discussed for a long time. And again, if you read all the tabloids and the stuff, Aurier has still been linked with maybe a move to AC Milan. Uh, will give us, if that's the case, give us no one in right back position. Uh, Jensen Fernandez played in that position bizarrely against um, Ipswich uh, a few days ago. Do you think that's still one position that he will go out and get someone? Because we, you know, I know we've been linked with a few people in the press, but nothing concrete just yet, is there? No, and I, I absolutely think you know we need to strengthen there. I mean, it's always a little bit worrying when you start to hear the sound bites sometimes that Jedson played. He did really well. I mean, this was Ipswich with the greatest respect to Ipswich, and, mm. and you know he did look he did look comfortable in that position. But um, I wouldn't like to see him up against you know uh, Raheem Sterling or uh, anyone else in that in that position. So um, so I, I think we've got to strengthen there, and um, there does seem to be. A lot of rumours about Serge leaving. Um, you know, I, I mean, Serge Aurier is just one of those players where he, he, he the, the, the crowd can sometimes get on his back a little bit because he can be a four out of ten, and and then every now and then he, he looks like an absolute world beater. It just doesn't happen consistently enough. So I, I do think his time is probably coming to an end. But I'd be very worried if we went into the new season without strengthening uh, at right back in particular. Yeah. Daniel, it's such an important position, especially for the way that Jose plays. I mean, Aurier last season under Jose was our most attacking player. Davis tends to hold, stay back, come into the sort of centre-back position to cover if we lose the ball normally. But Serge was the one getting forward. And as, as Carl said there, very hit and miss. Some great crosses, don't get me wrong, but largely more miss than hit. Uh, any kind of players that you've seen out there, you think? I know we've been linked with a couple of the youngsters from Norwich and whatever, but I think surely he'll be looking for a, a proven, experienced uh, European right back. 
Yeah, yeah, potentially. I think, you know, with Serge Aurier, you know, um, for me, the fact that he played a couple of days after his brother got killed, you know, yes. to me, you know, that can't be overlooked either. Tremendous character. Mm-hmm. He, he was one of those sort of players that, you know, some people liked, some people didn't like. His, his crossing at times was superb. His crossing at other times, less impressive. Um, you know, you, you've still got Tanganga t- um, to come back as well. And yeah. I think there's a position there for him as well. And um, it, it depends on the formation he's going to play at the back. But, yeah, I think there's a role for him there somewhere um, in that in that back line. For Theo, sure. it, was, it was interesting... I, I, I know it's our, our first uh, preseason. We've got a couple more coming up this week. It was interesting to see Foyth playing Jack Clark from uh, the player we bought from Leeds, who then got loaned out uh, back to Leeds QPR. It was nice to see some of these young, and, and also the other lovely to see Ryan Sessignon uh, in the last game, who certainly, as we thought, has built certainly his upper body has really built himself up. Theo, there's there's, there's players there that we've kind of forgotten about. The other player, obviously, Theo, is uh, Nundombele, who I've been saying since day one, give him a season, give him a season, let him settle in. Uh, do you think that's one player that we might also see more of next season? Oh, God knows. With him, I mean, he is su- such a curious um, case, Nundombele. Who knows whether, who knows what's going on behind the scenes there and, Mm. uh, you know, there's so many various opinions and rumours about it. Is he being victimised by Mourinho or is he just not putting in the work and the graft or is he he just failed to settle because it is tough for a 22-year-old to suddenly after 18 months after being in the lower reaches of Mm. French football, being given whatever he's being given, 80 grand a week and told to play. (laughs) Yeah, probably, yeah. So, So, I mean, you know, any Anyone who remembers being 22, I distantly remember it. If someone had given me that sort of money, at, uh, you know, at that age and said, right, settle in out of those, say New York or something, you're going to have all that money, just knuckle down, work hard, don't go out <laughs> and make sure you eat the right things. And for God's sake, don't have a drink. I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm so confused. I, I don't really know what to do. <laughs> so I think there's an element of that. I, th- I mean, it, w- I would love to see him. I think it, within, even in the glimpses that we've seen, I think he is a potentially incredibly special player, but I, it would appear that he's going to take some really expert man management to get the potential out of him. And who knows whether that's going to be possible or not. I mean, what was interesting about, I, I've, I've really enjoyed a preseason friendly at all, let alone as much as I did at the Ipswich one, but there were so many interesting aspects to it. And that, yeah. That idea of what he essentially played, and I suddenly realised he's sort of playing that all last season, but he never it was never described as such. Is he's sort of playing three at the back, really, with with Davis as a third centre half. And when you see Cessignon and Fernandez as the wing backs, it suddenly becomes very very clear. But I agree. The problem with Fernandez, well, there were two great things about Fernandez. Well, two two things that that were I think were very applicable, and Carl certainly touched on it. One, I thought. He looked for the first time we got a proper look at him. He played 90 minutes and you suddenly saw what the fuss was about. He looked like a really, really talented player with a really good touch, pace, able to run with the ball, little tricks, all of that. But that's the upside. The downside is, of course, that he's quite spindly. He's another one who's very, very young. And and as Carl said, it, physically, he doesn't look like a defender at all. He doesn't look like... So what we'd be choosing from at the moment, if Aurier does go, is between him and uh, Tanganga, who is 
the opposite, really. Tanganga is very much a defender, built very, very strong, defends brilliantly. And, you know, he's, he's only had that handful of games. But I remember when he made his debut, it was in a big game, wasn't it? Was it against Liverpool or someone? Yeah. Liverpool, yeah. Yeah. yeah and you just thought, he looks like he looks totally at home. He was absolutely so robust and strong. And But, of course, he's not great going forward. He hasn't no. got tricks and no. he's not going to beat people and, and, and surprise people. So, you, so neither of them look – if you're going to play that system where you're going to have a wing back – Mm. If you're going to play that three, three and and two wide sort of wingbacks, well, of course, what we all harp back to now, it seems like almost like crazy nostalgia is if you have Walker and Rose in that system, you're laughing because they, they do everything. They're very quick. They've got tricks. They beat people, but they're very strong and tenacious as well. And that's uh, Cessignon could be becoming that he might become that. I think last season, um, Mourinho more or less said, uh, strongly implied that he wasn't physically up to that in the Premier League. But maybe, like you said, if he's built himself up, you know, if he's been on the weights and everything, maybe he can become that. Fernandez, I don't know if he even would want to become that. But 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 having seen him for 90 minutes at least in a position where he got the ball a lot against inferior opposition, at least suddenly it all became clear, oh, that's why he was so highly rated. You know, but where he'll where and if he'll ever fit in is another question. Yeah, because I mean Daniel, we saw enough of and Dombele, you know, for Leon, he looked tremendous. We saw enough of Session at Fulham. Absolutely wonderful going forward. Pacey, yeah. skillful. We all know it's, you know, very different when you're going then to a bigger club, big reputations. It takes time to settle in. The fact that Session has come back, clearly told to work on his, you know, physique. You know, you need to be stronger, not get pushed off the the ball when he did play for us uh, in in small bits last season, he almost looked scared when he got the ball. He used to get the ball, pass it immediately, almost like he didn't want to make a mistake. So, I mean, obviously preseason. This is why we have preseason to 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 see what these players can do and to to work on new systems. Yeah, I think he was one of those players that was caught almost like a rabbit in the headlights type of thing. He got the injury early on as well. So yes, he did. He, he, did. Yeah, he is someone that needs time to settle in. He's, he's been at Fulham for pretty much all his career. And, you know, it, it's a big step up. Don't underestimate that. It, it, it's a mature squad. It's an established squad full of internationals. And for someone young with a big reputation to come in, it, it's daunting. It's intimidating for him. And we don't know what his personality is. He he may be shy, he may be retiring, and to come into that sort of set up into that dressing room with characters takes yeah. character, if I can use the same word twice. It's, yeah, you uh, may. Yeah, yeah, I just did, thank you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, hopefully he's been coached and counselled by Mourinho, um, Ledley King's there as well, and there must be yes. someone that he looks up to, and, you know, they can get the best out of him now with the summer behind him. Yeah, well... Uh, I hope you're right. Well, look, let's uh, let's have a quick break now. When we get back, we're going to have a little chat about Jan Vertonghen, who's now left the club after eight years. Uh, we're going to look at our early fixtures as well after this very short break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct... Something that's less Mr. Bean and more Steve McQueen. Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. 
from dope 250 watt city bikes to Harley Bobber inspired 750 watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back for the break. A uh, bit of housekeeping for you. Uh, don't forget you can get additional premium Spurs show content including a daily Spurs news show, match reports when the season kicks off again, interviews with ex-players, much more, lots of documentary uh, series as well about Tottenham. Just go to patreon.com slash Spurs show, uh, sign up, give it a go for a month. Uh, still time for next season to become a Spurs show season ticket holder. Gets you into all our wonderful intimate monthly events. We did one um, a few weeks back, uh, me and Theo and uh, Mickey Hazard, uh, our next one will be on September the 30th. Go to season.spurshow.net, sign up and come along to all our monthly events. It's, it's a lovely crowd we get, really good fun. Probably the best chance you've got to be up close and personal with Tottenham legends. It, it really is uh, fantastic. So do, go and do that. Uh, Carl, I mean, let's talk about Jan Vertonghen, who... Uh, since our last uh, show proper, uh, has left the club. Obviously very sad to see him go, but kind of inevitable. Apparently he was looking for a two-year deal, uh, which I think he has now got from Benfica. Last season, it looked like his legs were going slightly in certain games. Uh, But have we seen many more classier defenders at White Hart Lane? No, I, I don't think we have. And, and I think in terms of that partnership as well that he had with Toby for, for all that time, you know, it was it was absolutely, he was just a wonderful, wonderful player and, and uh, a, a real, it's an overused phrase, but but one of those club legends, I think it was what, eight, nine seasons at the club yeah. and, um, you know, all those games, that game against Dortmund in particular, which when you oh. think back to the Champions League run last season, you know, and, yeah. and uh, um, the, the fate that seemed to take over with Ajax and, and Man City, it's easy to forget that game against Dortmund when he absolutely yes. played them off the park and, and without, you know, it's almost a single-handed, and I think he was I think he was at fullback that night as well, fullback. wasn't he? He was yeah. stepping in. Yeah. So, you know, that that kind of, that's that's just one memory. You know, you just think of um, just an absolute warrior who always gave his absolute all for the club. And and I can't quite remember which game it was now, the game where he sort of trudged, where he got subbed off and he trudged, trudged around the pitch yes. and sort of yeah. sat with his head in his hands. And, you know, that when players, when the modern player does that these days, it's normally because they're, you know, throwing a tantrum at being subbed. And I think to, it was very different with him, his professionalism. He almost looked a little bit like the the, the game might have been up. And, mm-hmm. you know, don't get me wrong, Benfica, you know, the Portuguese Premier League, it's still a, still a very, very high level for him to be playing at. And prestigious club we'll be playing at but hopefully you know that uh, that'll give him a couple more years at, uh, you know effectively still the still the top level but I think if, uh, if if we if we pull Benfica out the hat at any time the next couple of seasons he's going to get a very warm welcome coming back it's always very sad Theo when these uh, players leave the club and uh, fans don't really get time to give them a, a proper send-off and Jan's uh, uh, certainly one of them isn't he yeah, I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate he's left when he has because of no fans being around at all or anything, I'm sure. Uh, 
I'm sure. I mean, you can remember certain moments. I always remember the moment when um, when Gary Mabbott left. I was just thinking about Gary Mabbott because for me, Vertonghen is in the top four. If you're picking your Premier League era squad, he'd be in it with Toby and Ledley and Gary Mabbott. And I remember Gary Mabbott, it was under Christian Gross when he, when he was, it was his last game and Gross refused to pick him. There's that whole story about he should have picked him for it. So he could have played, but he didn't. But I remember him going out to the center circle and getting such a, a reception on the last day of the season. And I remember two or three of the other players trying to push Raymond Vega out there to try and get rid of him as well. <laughs> Physically trying to push him out, say goodbye. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Jan Vertonghen, Jan Vertonghen, it was excellent. He deserved better than that, but that's nobody's fault. That's just the way that that's the way fate has turned out. But of course he'll always be loved. I think the other thing I love about Yam, the other strange memory I have of him was of course he, when he arrived, I don't know who was in charge. Was it AVB or was it before, before that? I'm not sure, but he was certainly around of course for the, uh, <laughs> for the Tim Sherwood reign. And I remember yeah. us going somewhere like, I think Liverpool away. And the thing about Vertonghen is he struck you as a pretty, a pretty shrewd guy. And I think he worked out, I mean, it was not that it was difficult to work out. You know, it worked out pretty early on that Sherwood wasn't quite of the caliber that you, you required at the level we were hoping to uh, compete at. And I remember going, it was a Liverpool away game. And after about 10 minutes, I, I seem to remember seeing him in the tunnel and him looking really pissed off. And then after about 10 minutes, he went down. Yeah, and I do, remember. I just, do you remember yeah. you just got the distinct yes. impression he just didn't want to know and play for this bloke, it was just too, he just couldn't do it. And some people would say, well, that's unprofessional or he should have been playing for the badge and all that. And I, I, I take those points, but I also, in a way I sympathized with him because Sherwood was so clownish that you just thought this guy is a proper major international world-class really at his best, uh, Vertonghen footballer. You know, he's come from through the Ajax Academy, one of the greatest in the world. AVB was a sophisticated guy. He's come to this big, you know, historic club and he's playing for this guy. And he's just like, I'm sorry. No. And I, actually, <laughs> I liked it for that. And the reason I wasn't entirely sure about it until, of course, once we got a proper manager in Pochettino, he never, ever gave less than 100%. He was completely committed, yeah. utterly. I mean, he was a model, model professional, and, and uh, we all loved him for it. Well, your memories, Daniel, I mean, oh, God, you commentated enough enough games with uh, him in the back. Any, any memories that stick out about his time at Tottenham? Yeah, there's a couple. There's that terrific block right at the end of the game against oh, Wembley. Yes. There's that a gold ring all over yes. it. And, of course, I think Jan Vertonghen will go down in Spurs history as being the only player who had a goal ruled out for offside inside his own half. That's that right. That's, yeah. that's right, so, that goal. Absolutely. Yeah. Against yeah, some, you're right, that block. Yes, that's right. I mean, obviously, that block... If you remember that penalty, would have uh, yeah. not put us in the Champions League. Yeah. What, a, what a, that you're right. It was an incredible, incredible block, and he kind of had sort of telescopic legs. He 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 didn't look, he didn't look like he had pace, but he was one of those typical kind of Rolls Royce engine yeah. defender. He used to glide along the pitch, and then we used to make him out of those telescopic legs, a bit like Mabbott, as Theo said, yeah. would sort of manage to turn around, and hook the ball away, um, yeah. and, and as you said, Theo seemed to be a Thoroughly decent chap as well. I know he he follows the Spurs show, and I've had a few uh, sort of private chats with him about stuff. But it's always been just a really really nice guy, and, and I'm sure I speak on behalf of everyone uh, listening to the Spurs show. We wish him and his family a uh, wonderful time in Lisbon. Not a bad uh, city to go and live in. Lovely. Uh, and and who knows, we might be facing him again in in, in a game. I'm sure stranger things have happened. Um, 
moving on now, I think it was last week, the, the fixtures have been announced for uh, the Premier League next season. We all know, sub, well, they absolutely will change due to uh, uh, TV uh, coverage. But as it stands, uh, it's a really quite a decent start, really. I think apart from Man United, uh, we've got no, no one in the t- in last season's top eight uh, that we play early on. We've got Everton at home, Southampton away, Newcastle at home, United away, and then West Ham at home. Uh, we've got a very, very difficult December period. We've got all the big teams week after week, which should be uh, tough. Uh, but Theo, the, the other thing that, that that's come out today, uh, this week with the uh, Tottenham Supporters Trust kind of echoing is that it looks like at the moment there'll be certain games that will not be legally televised. And there could be a situation where Tottenham fans, season ticket holders, members, won't be able to see some live games next season at the moment. Yeah, I I haven't uh, read the detail of that. I've just seen the headlines. And I cannot, for the life of me, understand it. Because I think I'm right in saying post-lockdown, every single game was available one way or another to watch. Yeah, yes. if, if you're not letting fans in, why, in, why on earth wouldn't you just continue to do that until the fans come back? It is just completely beggar's belief. I just, I just don't understand that at all. And it just, it, it just, I mean, yeah, it, it, we're used to as uh, as fans always finding a way of seeing every game. And maybe mm. I don't know. Maybe they'll continue to broadcast them all abroad, which will make them all available illegally online. Which which would be cutting off the nose to spite their face in that case. I I I don't understand why they've changed it. There must be a reason. I just don't know what. Maybe they're scared that they don't know when the fans are going to be allowed back in. And mm. it's a, it was when fans get allowed back in that they're reluctant. But that that seems an old fashioned. You know that old fashioned notion that fans won't go if it's on the telly. I mean that's yeah. that's decades old now, isn't it? I mean, of course it is. I mean, Carl. I mean, from my understanding, obviously Sky, BT have certain rights to certain amounts of games. Uh, Amazon, I believe, also uh, have rights again next season, a few games. But there's still over 100 games that, at the moment, will not be shown live. Surely this is the season where uh, clubs start... I mean, I know Premier League won't want this, where clubs start going, you know what, let's just charge... And I know Spurs have done it with this £20 for three games for the pre-season games. We get to the stage whereby... go. Watch every game, wherever you are, X amount per game. Spurs pay-per-view, United do the same, Liverpool do the same. Obviously, it'll go totally against Sky Sports, and that'll be the end of Sky and BT Sports. But surely that has got to be the way forward. If we get to the stage where we have to, and let's face it, many Spurs fans do, go on illegal feeds on the internet or, or apps or whatever in order to to watch games yeah and, and i guess you know i don't know too much about the legal implications but obviously i suppose the rights are owned by the premier league they sell them all over the place and they'd effectively be subletting this out to clubs to to do that mm. there's got to be an option for fans to be able to see the games i mean interestingly um i i applied and somehow got plucked out of a hat i was actually uh me and my son were one of the fans on the on the big screen for both the arsenal game oh, and really? then the, yeah and then the leicester game and uh, d- delightfully, there's a fantastic um, 
image on the official club channels where uh, Toby's just heading the winning goal of the first North London derby in the new stadium. And, and we're just a tiny pixelated dot in the, in the back of the thing, which, you know, nobody would ever Brilliant. know about other than, other than, other than us. So we're quite yeah. pleased about that. But the one thing that the, the, the club have said, and I do believe this is to be the case is that, you know, the players have, um, you know, enjoyed that aspect of the fact being able to look up and see the screen and see that fans are there and, and, and yeah. a connection with the fans. So even, even things like this of, of just, you know, that, that, that was easy because both of those games were televised and I was able to watch it through there. What would have happened had they not been televised? So I think, you know, I, I think there's still plenty of time in the next couple of weeks for this to hopefully change uh, quite considerably. And and the great work of, of, of the trust, our trust and other trusts doing that to, uh, to ensure it happens because otherwise what is going to happen? We're all just going to be on illegal streaming sites, uh, you know, bugging our laptops up with various, uh, various viruses. Daniel, what's your kind of understanding of, of any of this? for next season have you been briefed yet with anything that might be going on with your work no no i've not been told anything yet um obviously we hope that uh, everyone can can see the games i noticed in the press yesterday there was talk of the football league games maybe being shown so um i think as cole just said there's definitely going to be talks in the next few weeks um hopefully it can all um end up with a sensible solution which benefits the fans it's about time uh, television companies especially put fans first they did it at the end of the season um Mm. once it started again and um but um Interestingly, we've been drawn to play at home for the uh, for only the eighth time in Premier League history on the opening day. Is it really? Uh, that, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, there was the Everton game in 2011, which was obviously called off because it arrived. Yes. But this would only be the eighth time we, we played our first game of the season in the Premier League era at home, which is what? It's the 28th, 29th year now. It's quite phenomenal. Yeah, that that is crazy. I mean, going back to the TV thing, uh, you know, the last game of the season, uh, you know, pressure, red button, choose from which game. Yeah. I, I don't see why they can't do the same. They've got the rights to show the highlights and all that. They can. The fact that we can't yeah. physically can be in it. the stadium. There. We know it's yeah, there. Exactly. They want to That's do what it. I mean. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, maybe they're looking from an app. No, I don't say because Theo, from an advertising point of view. It, what difference it make? You're going to still show the same adverts. You can say to advertisers, you're now going to probably get seen by even more people. Yeah. Because you've got United fans, City fans, Tottenham fans, yeah. Arsenal fans all tuning in, watching whatever we're putting out. Surely it makes makes more sense. Yeah, I don't know. I Maybe it's the Premier League trying to play hard, trying to get more money because they've only sold, they've sold them packages, which, uh, yeah. you know, contracts for several years. And maybe, I mean, I'm sure Sky would have no objection whatsoever getting more content, but it, but it's a question of whether they pay and how much they pay. Of course, that, that's where you've got to follow the money in these things, haven't you? And regardless of, I mean, unfortunately the premier league and sky their first priority isn't what's great for the fans the poor old fans who don't get to see games what their first priority on both sides is what's the deal um but you you would hope they have a good enough relationship to understand that it would be in their interests to to come to some kind of arrangement i mean everyone wins that way they look good they get more you know sky will probably pay a bit more so the premier league get a bit more the clubs get a bit more and all the fans get to see the games. Yeah, I don't know. As Daniel said, hopefully it will be resolved in the next... Well, they better get a move on, certainly in the next couple of weeks. Uh, finally, as we mentioned at the top of the show, next Monday on Amazon Prime, all or nothing Tottenham Hotspur 
the Flanwood documentary series, which, you know, we all can't wait to see. Uh, I, I know that Theo, your dulcet tones will be in the series uh, because we they've obviously um, featured our podcast very kindly on uh, over certain episodes. Are you looking forward to it, Theo? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends what you mean. Of course, I have a kind of um, macabre... Yeah, it's, it's irresistible. I mean, you're definitely going to watch it, but I mean, it's like you're going to watch it through your fingers, aren't you? Basically, for yes. a lot of it. But I think it will be fascinating, um, and there will be parts of it that make you embarrassed. That's what I'm worried. I think we're all worried about looking bad. And mm. one thing I would say is, I know some of the people who've made it. Yeah. And I said to somebody, you know, who's, who's very sensual in it, and I said, look, have they got have Tottenham got final cut? In other words, can you put anything out there that makes them look bad or, or is controversial or they prefer you? And he said, no, they don't have final cut. Really? So, I, yeah, but then he wow. said, but, but he said, there's nothing in it for us to really piss them off because, A, it, it, you know, we want to make other programs like this. It, it's no good going into places like Tottenham Hotspur and totally stitching them up. Uh, because you might get a lot of headlines and audience figures in the short term, but in the long term, you just look like a bunch of schmucks that no one will ever trust again. So effectively, they sort of, sort of do, but they don't, they don't, you know, contractually have a, v, a right of veto. So I think we're not going to look too bad. I think there will be, but they've got to make it interesting. They've got to. I mean, that clip they released obviously was great. Got everyone talking and everything, and. Ah, I think no, we spot the we spot the lamella with the ball knocking over the coffee cup. No, well, no, that's in the trailer. The trailer is great, but that so-called leaked clip, you know, the one where Mourinho's saying they've all yes. got. I mean, that was yeah. such a great clip because to me, it it showed that it was complete access, all areas, and yes. it also showed in a way why we both love and hate Mourinho at the same time. Because you hate Mourinho because of all his negativity and everything, and the way he plays, but you sort of love him because that in the past has got results, and he's and and there it was laid bare. He wants everyone to be nasty and bloody minded, and it was there, right in a nutshell. And it made you think, wow, you know, we're really going to see what's going on here. Daniel, did you uh, presumably you you saw the, the cameras in and around the place when you when you've been working there at all? You did, did but um, there's so many cameras at every football match these days. Right, you, you just don't know who's who, and you know I'm not in the training ground on a daily basis. So mm. um, yeah, it's um, it's going to be a fascinating viewing, that's for sure. Absolutely, uh, Carl, are you looking for from a comedic point of view? <laughs> you must be looking forward to it, surely. Well, the, the dark humour of being a Spurs fan, yeah. I mean, I think the bit I'm looking, for, I am, I am, you know, in a in a perverse way, looking forward to it. I've actually watched the Man City series like during lockdown and really enjoyed that. And obviously, you know, that's they had a that, that was that was more all than nothing, I guess, Man City's season, I suppose yeah. you could say. So that's uh, that helps. But you know, I think I think the one thing and this might sound odd from someone who's authored a book, could, you know, that kind of covers Pochettino's final season, is that um, I only worry that. I feel like going into the new season, you know, we're ready for a new season and a fresh start. We need to, we need to kind of stop dwelling on the Pochettino era and really get behind the club for, for, for the Mourinho era. And of course, here we are, we're about to sort of shine a light on, on, on that period of, of, um, of, of Pochettino leaving. And, and it's, you know, perhaps a little bit like setting up a new relationship and then just, just re- revisiting, revisiting an old one. So I just wonder whether what that's going to do sort of to the fan base when we kind of see that play out in those, in presumably the first episode of the first couple, but um, 
I, I am I am looking forward to it, and I'm afraid to say that if it if it drops at midnight, I will probably be pouring a glass of wine at one minute past twelve and sticking it on because I'm uh, you know I, I, I'm just really really intrigued as to as to what it's going to be. Theo, I mean, putting your TV hat on, I think um, they're dropping a few episodes, and then they haven't announced when the next tranche is going out. But it'll be fascinating to see even sort of there's a few Spurs players i don't know what they sound like because there's only certain players that come out and do post-match interviews you know you don't really know what their personalities are like now how much of that in a dressing room or training ground you'll see but it's gonna be really fascinating to see the dynamics as long as it we don't come across like uh, the Sutherland till i die series which i love but it was a shambles from beginning to end yeah. But surely the bigger the bigger picture here, Theo, was that Daniel Lieber's done it. He's thinking of America. He's thinking of building the brand. Yes. Uh, he, he's not a stupid guy. He must have weighed up what you know the, the pros and cons of doing this. We believe allegedly one of the reasons Poch wanted to, well, you know, one of the problems Poch did not want the cameras there, uh, which you can understand. I, I, yeah. I, if I was if I was first team coach, I would I would want them there. Um, but hopefully, we'll, we'll come out of it well. Well, that's the, the, the that's the the sort of risk, and that's is that I hope it doesn't. Like you say, you're suddenly going to get to know these players, and players are very sensitive, and I hope. That none of I hope it doesn't prove a distraction in the dressing room. I hope they're not. I hope they don't go into work thinking, "Well, I watched it last night, and I was made to look a bit of a, a twat by by what's his name over there." Normally, you'd forget that in 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 five minutes, and and the next day wouldn't even be an issue. But when it's been out in front of an audience, you know, of other football people and and millions of people all around the world, I hope that that uh, you know that it doesn't prove a distraction in that way. But having said that, as we know, there are precedents for this, uh, and it didn't seem to upset Manchester City. So hopefully, True. it won't upset us. Yeah, well, anyway, that's, uh, I'm sure anyone with Amazon Prime uh, will be uh, tuning in next Monday. And uh, I think next Monday is back holiday Monday. So we'll be back uh, next Tuesday and no doubt be uh, talking about the, the first few episodes uh, that uh, we've all seen. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good luck with next season. Thank you. Your work. Uh, and Carl, good luck with the book uh being that number still available all good bookshops amazon uh as well uh go and get that thanks a lot carl thank uh, you and theo thanks a lot uh and uh well, we'll no doubt we'll, we'll be talking very soon cheers lads lovely well, uh, until next week come on you spurs Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.